What's up, podcast? Thank you so much for being here. This is a good episode for you if you are thinking about creating content for TikTok, if you are struggling with creating content for lots of platforms at the same time, or if you know or are a budding entrepreneur, someone who's thinking about potentially not going to college and jumping right into starting a business. This is gonna be a good podcast for you. We are joined by my guest, Sam Lister. He is the co-founder and CEO of Blank Slate Media and Snack Size media. He is a very prolific prolific <laughs> content creator on uh, LinkedIn, YouTube, Instagram, TikTok, etc. And he's a 21-year-old entrepreneur. So we get into a lot of the weeds about content creation. And then we also get into the clouds with you know some of the things that Sam has to deal with as an entrepreneur and how he goes about that and what some of his dreams and hopes are for his own career. So again, I thank you so much for being here. And I hope you leave this conversation with at least one little nugget that you can take and apply in your own life. Thank you so much and please enjoy. So let's start with Blank Slate Media. Give us a little bit of the background. Why did you start this company and why did you call it Blank Slate? Yeah, Blank Slate Media came to me uh, last fall. Um, I really had no intention of getting into video, but um, that is when I was um, really pushing LinkedIn to uh, start off start off with. So I was, I was uh, pushing videos on LinkedIn and people actually started reaching out to me, asking if I could uh, make videos for them. Um, again, just with my iPhone, had no intention to start video um, for a hobby, but really capitalized on that opportunity. And that's kind of how it started. It was very um, bootstrap. But as far as um, why the name Blank Slate, um, I really do believe everyone has a blank slate. Everyone can um, carve their own path. So that's, that's really the reason why I chose the name Blank Slate. Um, I guess a little, little more in-depth on what we do for um, different companies. We help um, brand companies through leveraging video content on social media. Okay. And then let's so backtrack a little bit. Why were you yep. even creating videos for LinkedIn before you even wanted to start the company? Yeah. So I started creating on Instagram out of all places. Um, pretty, pretty normal, pretty typical place to start. Um, I was just documenting my story. Um, I knew I wasn't going to go to college right after high school, so I wanted to make videos um, just to really, um, truly document and follow a Gary Vee type model. So he, he's the reason why I started documenting in the first place. And then it was just a platform shift of, okay, now I see LinkedIn and kind of has some potential. I'll test it out. Um, Quentin Alums is from Milwaukee as well, so he really pushed me to hop on it um, last August, so pretty much um, exactly one year ago. And then ever since then, it's, it's been a pretty crazy ride. Very good. So a lot of names that I'm familiar with, Gary Vaynerchuk, Quentin alums. Um, were you really self-aware in high school that you didn't want to go to college and that you wanted to be an entrepreneur? Like, tell me about your mindset um, when you graduated, college, uh, graduated high school. Yeah, so I had one job in high school, and that was working on a local uh, baseball field and snow park in winter. Absolutely loved it, but that was literally the only job I had. It was pretty much year-round because baseball transitioned into um, winter, and I guess that's there was nothing really entrepreneurial about that. It was a pretty typical job. I was just trying to work my way up to management level, which really isn't that big of an accomplishment. Um, but then from there, I've, I've always loved the work. I've always loved the process of work. And I've always loved feeling fulfilled at work. And that's kind of what led me to entrepreneurship. Uh, I come from a pretty entrepreneurial family. So it was just pretty much I was an entrepreneur at heart. Um, 
yeah, it was just from grass cutting. I didn't really actually get into like lemonade stands and feels like every other entrepreneur in the world yeah. has. Um, was never really into that. Was never really into sports cards, but I loved um, cutting grass and just helping my my uh, grandpa with like carpentry work and just really any way to make money. Um, I was testing a lot of different different areas to make money in high school, real estate, um, e-commerce, cryptocurrency, investing. Like there are so many ways I was just trying to make money, um, but that was the only reason why I was doing it, just to make money. So as a result, I didn't make any money. Um, but through that process, I started documenting with video, and that's what led me to um, kind of flip a switch and say, oh, I could actually probably get paid for this. And then sure enough, I hopped over to LinkedIn and started getting paid for it. So talk to me more about your relationship with money. This is kind of coming off of a post of yours that you did recently. Tell me why you weren't having success when you were only chasing money. Yeah, money, money's interesting. At the time, I, I needed to live. I needed to survive. I needed money. Um, you need money to, to live. I don't care if you're not money hungry. If you don't have income coming in, you can't live and you can't have any freedom pretty much. Um, and that's why I was just chasing money because I needed to live, but that wasn't really the, um, I, I guess I'll, I'm kind of getting caught up in my own words, but to backtrack, like money isn't the only thing you need a deeper why and why you're doing it. I didn't have a deeper why I was doing anything I was doing beforehand. It was just money. Now I can see the impact I'm making through video and I'm, I see me affecting other people's lives and that's the deeper why. Um, so there, there's just more there than just money. So once I started caring about things outside of just money is when I started making money. So talk to me a little bit more about why video, like why did you feel comfortable creating videos? Why was that the first thing that worked? I didn't, I wasn't comfortable at all creating videos. I actually hated videos when I started, but it was just one of those things where it's like, okay, I need to push myself to create videos. And then yeah. if I push myself, then I can get to whatever next level there is. But I just knew video was important because of current trends on social media and everything else. A hundred percent. So let's fast forward a little bit. Talk to me about the first year of Blank Slate Media. What were some of the successes? What were some of the failures? What have you taken away so far? Yeah, so Blank Slate has been completely built on uh, my personal brand and Every single one of my clients I've gotten has come from inbound marketing and just um, content creation in general. Um, so I create content on LinkedIn, I get leads from that, and it is scaled um, from there. So I, I hired my first employee in March of 2019. So started the company in October, hired him in March, and that was just kind of like my first content creator. Hired another content creator um, a few months later, and then another, uh, just one more kind of like biz dev. Uh, type of role and then an operations person with a finance person in there so at one point it was up to six I um, recently actually decreased the team and now it's three of us um, with an outsourced accounting so it's it's gone through a lot of shifts and changes and especially starting my new company this will be a whole another shift that we'll talk about uh, later on in this podcast um, but yeah, this, this first year was just very, very foundational with the business. I learned a lot from it. I learned how to actually start a business and what it takes and the stresses that come along with it, the pressure, um, how to set up federal taxes and employment <laughs> taxes. And like, there's just so many nitty gritty business stuff that now I'm more comfortable with. Um, so it, it is just a very, very foundational year. Um, for okay. I'm, I'm interested. Tell me what you learned about hiring specifically. I feel like that's something that entrepreneurs don't talk about enough and something I'm personally very interested. What'd you learn about hiring? 
having a big team is not a flex. It's just a bigger payroll. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that is the title of my next video I'm posting. I learned that and a lot of, a lot of businesses, business owners tell me that, Hey, like don't hire too fast. Make sure you are efficient. You're lean. And, um, I thought I was staying to that model, but I really wasn't. In reality, I was getting, I wasn't getting fancy, but I was like, Ooh, I could hire this person, this person, this person. But in reality, um, you don't need it. You don't need it at, obviously you need more people to scale. Um, but don't get caught up in, Oh, I need to go out and hire 12 people just so I have a big team. Show people, hey, um, and that's that. Um, yeah. Hiring, hiring is, is intimidating, but it's, if you play your cards right, and if you um, if you are at the position you can afford to hire, then then do it. It's definitely saved me a lot of time, um, a lot of stress. That you can delegate responsibilities to other people, and that's just a super super good feeling. But also, firing is not the best feeling in the world, so it's it's a double edged sword. Um, but yeah, don't don't hire too quickly. Make sure the investment is there, and your the, your capital is there, and you can afford to. And make sure that hire is going to account for more revenue taken in um, than what you're paying him. Makes sense. So three people on Blank Slate Media right now, one person who's outsourced. Why snack size media? Why start another business so quickly? Yeah, so I get this question a lot, especially because I'm just starting it. Um, Blank Slate Media is not very, it's not scalable at all, actually. Uh, you can, I can bring on more people. I can bring on more human capital and equipment, uh, but I'm still trading time for money. Um, snack Size Media, that model is, once we have the backend built, which is our content library, essentially it's going to be a more customized stock video website, uh, stock video company. Um, so once we have the back end built, we don't need to go out in the field and um, shoot every single week. We have a backlog of seven, eight hundred short form social media videos we can repurpose to other companies to really scale from there and then sell it for a fraction of the cost it takes us to make. So, it, so a lot of companies out there charge thousands of dollars for videos. We go into companies and say, okay, here, here's a video for $30 uh, because it takes us an hour to edit everything and include certain logos and, um, and fonts on our end we're we're making 500% um, margin on that. So it's, it just allows me to scale much more, uh, allows me to make way more money and uh, in hopes to uh, sell it in a few years to, uh, to really get me to the next step in my career. Okay. So tell me a little bit more about the business model. Are you selling access to the library or are you also consulting about how they should put the footage together like what exactly are you offering both were um say for example we reach out to a coffee shop so we say hey uh why aren't you guys posting on social media uh why aren't you posting every day they give us whatever excuse they are then we go in and say hey we have this um huge library of coffee shop videos we have 800 videos to pick from we sit down with you um really dig deep into your brand what you're looking for what your aesthetics of your coffee shop is we pick out the best um, 30 videos, let's say for that month, then we repurpose it to them, sell it back to them and say, okay, hey, here's 30 videos for $20 each or $30 each. Um, there's six to 900 bucks per month times 100 or 200 or 1,000 businesses per month. Um, there's, your, there's your million dollar business right there. Very good. Very good. So, you know. It's, it's customized stock videos. Customized stock videos. Are you familiar with Unsplash? 
Yep. Okay. I make that makes sense because um, you know, I've been looking for a stock video website. And so I'm really glad that we had the opportunity to speak because um that's a very interesting idea. Um, I want to talk about, you know, documenting the process. You know, when I was going through your posts, you know, you're a Gary Vee fan, you're a Quentin Alums fan, you know, you're very, very into this idea that like, I want to document the process of Snack Size Media from day one. Like, why is that so important to you? Because you really only get one chance to do it. And um, a lot of people don't have the opportunity to document and show people behind the scenes of what it actually takes to build a business. Um, so I've, like, that's the reason why I started, just to document life. And I've strayed away from that a little bit. But with, with Snack Size, I found another opportunity to kind of um, start over and learn from my, not, not essentially past mistakes, but past things that would change. Um, to, to document from day one in this company. I wish I had a daily vlog every single day starting Blank Slate Media and the clients I was getting for Blank Slate, but you live and you learn and here's round two. So I, I want to document and show people from day one what it's like to uh, build a business to when I sell the business in two, three years. And you know, you've been wanting to document even since high school. Are there is there a selfish desire in being able to see your own progress and being able to look back at all of those videos? Yeah, it's a mix between like, yo, I'm actually helping people versus like, yo, I want to look back in 20 years to see these videos and not prove that I'm right, but to just literally see where I started and where I came from. Imagine if Jeff Bezos had a vlog when he was first starting Amazon, like who wouldn't watch that? Like that would just be so cool to see the transition. So that's, that's really why I, I'm so key on documenting. Okay. And, uh, you know, I was looking through some of your social profiles. I follow you on TikTok. I follow you on Instagram. I want to talk about diversification um how do you find this is the question that you know we want to answer them how do you find the time to put out content that's contextually relevant to linkedin and tiktok and instagram and all these other places see i, I actually repurpose a lot of my content just because um unless you have a team like gary you can't it's so hard to create unique pieces of content for linkedin instagram twitter snapchat tiktok facebook any all of the platforms it is so hard to create separate pieces of content for for all of those so i cross promote a lot of my content um some some videos i just post on instagram because it just lives there some i just post on tiktok some i just post on linkedin but recently i've been posting a lot of um videos that i post on linkedin into instagram yes sometimes like the format changes like sometimes i want to um, post a vertical video on Instagram stories, edit that a little different ways than um, like LinkedIn, for example. But majority, I, I cross promote a lot in my content. So that's okay. how you can distribute um, a lot. And then talk to me about some of the insights that you've gleaned um, from different platforms. Like who are you speaking to when you're speaking on LinkedIn? How is that different than what you're saying on Instagram, for instance? Give me some of those insights. Yeah, LinkedIn is way more business slash uh, like sales professional um, based. Obviously, it makes sense, the B2B platform. So for me, that's where a majority of my business results come from is from LinkedIn because I'm talking to other business owners. Um, for example, on Instagram, it's largely like other young entrepreneurs like myself, um, like the 18 to 25 year old demographic. That's where a majority of my followers um followers land so it's much much younger than LinkedIn so you just um, skew your content a little younger that's why I show more behind the scenes um, on like Instagram stories I love Instagram stories because it um, shows you like behind the scenes real life you can actually talk to the camera and people like that 
and TikTok is a whole nother ball game. That's that's way young. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm super excited for TikTok. Um, I guess this is a pretty natural transition going into. Yeah, TikTok. let's jump right into it. Um, but yeah, it's it's got six seven hundred million plus monthly active users. It's going to pass Instagram within the next year. Um, as far as total monthly active users, uh, Instagram's at about 1.2, 1.3 billion, and TikTok's pretty much one year old. Um, it just crossed one year, and it is just growing so quickly. It passed every single other social media app on the top downloads for the past few months here. Um, so the attention is there. It's just a matter of time before people catch up, um, and that's why I'm pushing it so hard because there's so much opportunity on the platform. So talk to me about your strategy on TikTok, you know, on LinkedIn and Instagram, you have a lot of business content, a lot of entrepreneur content. And then on TikTok, I see a lot of magic content from you. So talk to me about like, well, who are you trying to reach on TikTok? Yeah, the attention is there. Um, so right now, my plan on TikTok is to hop on the current trends, build a following, uh, implement my editing skills for, for videos and just, um, just really work on learning the platform, learning how to create an engaged audience. And then once the platform actually matures, then I'll start pushing more business content. Right now, if I just push business content, I will grow slower than if I jump on the viral trends and hop on uh, weird like ending tricks and stuff. So right now it's just about attention, uh, building up a following. Um, so later on, once all of these businesses from LinkedIn I'm already connected to are ready to hop on TikTok, then they can go to me and say, hey, Sam, I heard you're, you have a following on TikTok. Obviously, you have a following here on LinkedIn. I'd love to partner with you for X, Y, and Z. So that's like a one to two year plan. Get all the business owners and businesses I'm connected to on LinkedIn, uh, transfer them to TikTok, and me be kind of the bridge to connect that, um, connect that gap. Okay. And then tell me a little bit about your thoughts on TikTok as an app, because it's so different from a lot of other apps in that like the videos take up the whole screen. You have the for you and the follow you. It's not really message based the way that LinkedIn and Instagram has DM. Tell me about some of the insights that you've gleaned from TikTok that makes it really different. TikTok gives the power of non-creators um, the power to create. It's, it's a full on editing and ed video editing platform. It's obviously you can do more with like Adobe Premiere, but like, majority of people don't know how to use Adobe or Final Cut or whatever, but they can, they can learn stuff on their iPhone and TikTok gives the power to create um, these crazy videos to not creators. So it's, it's the most like, I think empowering platform um, that might be too dramatic of a word, but like it just gives the power uh, to more people to create and to really just share what they're doing and share it in a unique way, unique perspective. I love that. So I want to go in kind of a different direction and I want to provide some value to young entrepreneurs. You know, you do so much, you're starting two companies. Do you ever have FOMO? Do you ever wish you would have gone to college? Do you ever wish that you had more time for other things? Like what kind of runs through your head on a daily basis? I definitely don't wish I went to college. Um, I'm lonely a lot of the time, but that's, that's the reality of a business owner. Um, even if you have a big team, uh, if you are at the top and if you are the owner of the company and the CEO of the company, you are going to be lonely. And that is the, that's the reality of it. Um, so I absolutely do not wish I went to school. Um, I, I know I absolutely couldn't do this if I did go there. Um, but yeah, it's, it's hard being 18, 19, 20 years old and not living a traditional life, but there's no ounce of my body that wishes, um, I did go the traditional route. 
Um, so it's not, it's not hard for me because I know, I know what I'm doing. I know where I'll end up. Um, and I know how far ahead I will be, um, than anyone else who went the traditional route as far as like from my circle. Um, just cause if you can, if you can dedicate 14, 15, 18 hours a day to your craft, you're going to be better than the person who can dedicate one hour a day to it or one hour if that, um, so that's kind of where I stand. Don't miss college. Don't, I never wish I went. Um, but yeah, entrepreneurship is lonely and uh, leave it at that. <laughs> and so talk to me about some of your hopes and dreams. Like where do you want to go? I heard you say that you want to one day snell, sell snack size media, blank slate media, and that's kind of a stepping stone for something else. So what's, what's next? Like what, what's going through your mind right now? Yeah. Blank slate media won't sell. Um, just cause it's very hard to, uh, sell a creative company if you're selling your creative vision it's it's very hard snack size is more of a blueprint model so i do plan on selling snack size in the future um but yeah i want i want to start my own university i want to start my own college and hopefully that will happen in the next five to ten years um obviously you need quite a bit of capital for that but um i think i, I think that's what i want to do just because traditional university is obviously so skewed and i've learned so much outside of traditional schooling that um, I want a place to send non-traditional students and other entrepreneurs to go to this university and say, hey, this is how you, this is the things, these are the same things you actually need to learn in life to be successful, how to brand yourself, how to make videos, how to sell yourself, how to sell a product, um, how to communicate to people, how to network, other just valuable life skills schools just fail to teach. Um, so next step is, uh, is is building a university and obviously there's a lot of stepping stones in between um but yeah right now i have my sets focused on um scale scale snack size sell that and then really look into university route and do something along the lines of um building something to help other entrepreneurs okay and and tell me about some of the thoughts you have for that like what kind of structure would it be like would people go for four years like what kind of classes would they take would they be on campus or over the internet like give me some of the, your your thoughts about what that would look like yeah there's a few different ways you can look at it um i know the two that stick out to me is cardone university and jack Ma's university two very separate um universities obviously two very separate models uh cardone is all online he does do some like um live classes, live webinars, uh, not live webinars, but you get the point, um, more digital based online, which is probably the direction I would go, but I would love to start a physical university and say, hey, you can either go to um, Madison, University of Madison or Harvard or whatever it is for a traditional four year, or you can go to Lister University or whatever that would turn into um, and be an actual, an actual degree. You get an actual diploma, you get you go to school, you go to class, there's dorms, there's apartments, like the actual full college experience, but centered around entrepreneurship and um, have access to funding and investments just to really put the students in the best position possible to succeed in their own ventures. Okay. As, as far as like the number of classes, I haven't thought that far. I don't know right. exactly what to teach, but just entrepreneurship in general. Um, but that's, that's a lot of like life resources that, um, you also learn within that. And then tell me, like, you know, something that Gary talks about a lot is that he's a, a true blood entrepreneur, a purebred. Do you think that entrepreneurship can be taught in a university or does someone already have to be an entrepreneur before they apply? 
I don't know. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's, it's a super interesting um, topic because I think anything can be taught. Um, as if you, if I have a kid that's not an entrepreneur at heart, but has a crazy work ethic and super insane motivation, then I do believe he can be a successful entrepreneur. Yes, it might take him longer to learn the mindset, but I, I think it can be taught. Obviously, if you're talking about four, five, six, seven-year-old, then maybe it's entrepreneur at heart, and then Gary's model actually is proven. If he's out there selling lemonade, it's four years old and three years old, whatever it is. Like, yeah, that's not entrepreneur at heart. But if kids don't do that, like, I think they can still turn into crazy successful entrepreneurs. Okay. Let's see. So I, I don't, I don't really have a set in stone answer for that. I think it can be taught, but I think there's entrepreneurial tendencies. Um, whether it's like the situation you're you're raised in, like if your parents are entrepreneurs, yes, you're gonna have more entrepreneurial tendencies. If your parents work in corporate America for sixty years and retire, you're probably gonna have more corporate America um, tendencies than than the entrepreneur. Okay. And then tell me, and I wanted to ask this earlier, but I didn't get a chance. Did your parents help you? Like, did they encourage your entrepreneurial tendencies? What was that relationship like as you decided to not go to college and embark on these two ventures? Yeah, they were, they were scared. My mom was a little more hesitant than my dad. My dad owns his own business and they've started their own business together. Um, they've owned their own like franchises together. Um, but yeah, being being a supportive mother, she was like, okay, you, you can get one semester of school off and then prove to us that you can do something. Um, so in that time, I, I built Blank Slate and I had my, um, I was working with clients before I, I even like started what would be my freshman year of school. Um, so they, they realized, oh, shoot, this kid can actually do stuff. Um, <laughs> we, we won't uh, make you go to school. So it is just, it took a little bit of convincing at the start and all parents are going to be a little hesitant to um, let their kid not go to school because I have an older brother and he went to a traditional university. Um, so to let their younger, his younger brother not go, it's, it is a big change for them, but um, glad, it, glad they let me, um, gave me the opportunity to do my own thing and obviously it's paying off. <laughs> and how did it feel after that first semester when you kind of proved to your parents that you could do it like did you did you believe that deep down did you have your own feelings that maybe you might not be able to do it like talk to me about your mindset after those first six months no I was all and I'm like I can do this this is awesome I can make money I'm making a lot of money I'm good um I don't know like yes yes fear is always there fear is present stress is always present but overall i was feeling good i knew i could do it um from the start even before blank slate i was just i was too hungry to fail um i just tested so much before then like yes i'm very young but i've spent 10 11 12 grand just trying to test anything i could i would just put i say i get a paycheck for two thousand bucks that month i would put 1900 of it back into testing things um before like blank slate media back into real estate cryptocurrency investing forex trading just anything i would just invest all of my money into creating something for myself so i knew i would find something eventually i just needed to test more things and that's when blank slate started to click and i could go all in on that got you so i just want to ask a few more questions before we get mm -hmm. off the zoom um 
tell me, you know, I don't get a lot of chance to talk to Gary V fans. You know, most people that I know, when they ask me about why do I care so much about Gary V, that, you know, I get all of this sarcasm. Tell me, how did you come across him, number one? And then number two, you know, give me some of the bullet points. What have you learned from him that's really had a, a dramatic effect on your life and your mindset? Yeah, that's, that's a good question. Um, a friend introduced me to him uh, probably two and a half years ago, two, probably two years ago. Um, I pretty much got attracted to him instantly. I'm very, we have very similar mindsets. I'm very alpha like that. So she, she just do that connected with. And once I dug deep into like, Hey, how do you build on social media? How do you uh, brand yourself? What content to post, how you post content? That's what I learned. So, um, I would say the, the main th- like few things I learned is how important social media is. But more importantly, how to leverage social media to actually build a brand for yourself, um, how to connect with others through social media, um, and just how important it is to uh, um, distribute across all platforms and don't get romantic on just Instagram or just LinkedIn or just TikTok. Um, diversify because if one, if one of the platforms sink and if all of your eggs are in that basket, then you got no eggs anymore. <laughs> Absolutely. And I think that's definitely something I've taken away the diversification. So many people that we know who are really popular on LinkedIn, but don't have an Instagram or a TikTok presence. It's not, it's not smart because eventually the organic reach on LinkedIn will fall just as it did on Facebook. So last one for you. Um, you know, we've talked a lot about blanks late. We've talked a lot about snack size in 2020. What can we expect from both of those ventures? What have you got planned for us? Ooh, bad. That's a good question. Um, <laughs> blank slate. Um, so blank slate will actually, it won't be a passion project, but we'll be just very, very selective on the companies we uh, partner with and choose to work with. Um, but yeah, we, for, on blank slate side, we want to work with some of the biggest brands in the world. So we want to get a few more Fortune 500 clients. Um, we'll definitely keep everyone posted on those. So we've gotten two so far in the first year. Um, so definitely want to um, reach those bigger, bigger and bigger clients with bigger and bigger budgets. Um, but again, being very selective on blank slates, we'll see much more of a community-driven push and more connection between audience and company. Um, that'll be a very heavy, like community-focused um, business. And then snack size—that's it's a, everything coming together. Um, everything we were planning this this fall, getting it going, making sure all the foundation is set to really, really scale and uh, show people um, how much opportunity there is. And if you play your cards right, how much money you can make um, off of digital media and just leveraging social media as a, as a whole. Like I remember back in high school, we had a class debate in my like psychology classroom, um, some, some like modern day, hey, here's the world trend or something. Um, and social media got brought up and we had a whole discussion on whether social media was good or bad. And I was so far on the good side. And this was even before I like started all of this. So I'd even be way farther down now. And like the teacher was just roasting because she was so far on the bad side. And right. it just pissed me off. I like, I didn't talk the whole time, but I'm a very talkative person. I just controlled the conversation of like the whole class. I was just like fired up the whole time. And she ended up giving me like a C minus. Even though I contributed like the most out of anyone on the on the um, discussion and like in the class in the big like circle table, um, and like I was I was pissed. But yeah, she was so far against social media, and I was so far for social media. And I'm like, guys, and what was what I was think. the line? 
Like, what were you guys disagreeing about? She was just saying how there's more bad on social media than good. And I'm like, if people are really that effective, then delete social media. No one is forcing you to be on it. Like, yes, there's bullying. Yes, there's cyber harassing. But like, literally, no one's forcing you to be on Instagram. No one's forcing you to be on Facebook or Twitter or Instagram, whatever it is. Like, you can delete the app. And like, she didn't understand that. Like, I don't know. She just focused so heavily on the negative. And it's like, there's a lot of good on social media too, but she just didn't get it. Yeah. I mean, I think that's what we're seeing a lot with people wanting to delete Instagram and Facebook and all of these things, you know, which, which is fine. If, if you want to delete it, go ahead, delete it. Like I'm not going to um, sit there and like try to change your mind. Like if you don't want to, don't do it. It's, it's your whole life. But yeah, there's just so much opportunity on it. Hundred percent. We get to we get to choose what we want to see from social media. There's the good as well as the yeah. bad. So, uh, really, Absolutely. really last one. If if someone wants to connect with you on LinkedIn, TikTok, Instagram, where can they find you? Give us some ads. Give us some links. Uh, at Sam Lister underscore underscore on all platforms with an at, and then LinkedIn. Just type in Sam Lister. Um, I don't even know what you do on LinkedIn. Yeah, you just type <laughs> it. Just type it in the search bar. I'll pop up. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm everywhere. You can find me. Just started a daily vlogging on YouTube. So you can find daily vlogs there. Podcasts coming soon. Hopefully by the end of this week, I uh, turn some of those YouTube videos into podcasts. So brand everywhere and uh, reach out to me on any platforms, but go TikTok. Very cool. Well, thank you, Sam, for taking the time. Thanks for rolling with the technical difficulties. I really appreciate okay. it. And uh, please course, enjoy the man. rest of your day. You as well. Thanks for having me on, man. Sure. Bye-bye. Have a good one podcast. Thank you so much for listening all the way until the end. If you'd like to connect with us on Alexa, just say Alexa, start voice XP to learn more about our company. If you don't have an Alexa device, you can check out our website, www.voicexp.com and follow us on LinkedIn. Just search voice XP incorporated. Thank you so much for your time. And I hope you have a great rest of your day.